Yo, yo, what up, good people? Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It, the most reckless and impressive place to be in the world right now. So, as y'all know, I'm your I'm your host, ASAP Barbie. Y'all know my two co-hosts, Mabaki and Eric. What up, yo? What up? Yo. <clears throat> so, today we got some pretty deep topics. Um, and, of course, the who's better. That's being one. Uh, one being our black people too forgiving, our black people racist, the NBA finals, and of course I know everybody heard the news about the Notre Dame church burning down. So I'm gonna just jump right into it. Our black people too forgiving, and for me, I'm gonna go on a limb and say yes, black people are too forgiving, except when it comes to each other. When it comes to everybody else, I feel like all we do is pull out cell phones, run and report, and this, that, and the third. But then when it comes to our own people, we quick to pull out a gun uh, and kill them and so on and so forth. But as far as outside of our community, yes, we're way too forgiving. You know, like the biggest thing in the black community is pray about it. Like that's the biggest thing I've ever heard my whole life is just pray about it. Oh, why I get called a nigga today? I don't know. Just pray about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why don't people at work don't like me? Oh, you know, just pray about it. It'll get better. Like, but it's been 400 plus years and it ain't got better. So I'm not saying prayer ain't real, but it just don't work fast enough as me, as my hands smacking you in your face, making you get your life right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, like I said, I feel like we are too forgiving when it's not our own. Because, you know, it's like, if, you know, like I said, when these white people kill our black people or Spanish people or whoever, any race outside of black people do it, we're too forgiving. Like, you know, Trayvon Martin and his family, they, they you know, they forgave George Zimmerman. No! But if, you know, Trayvon would've got killed over a dice game by his homeboy Rodney, you know, the whole hood would have been after Rodney Head. And it's like, why are we so forgiving outside of our own community, but we so quick to kill our own? I don't know, but maybe one of y'all can put me up on some games <laughs> on how this works, whatever the case may be. So, Eric. So, I'll say, first, I just want to start off by saying I'm a little conflicted. And when I say conflicted, I do think we are too forgiving, but I understand why. I understand the backstory with it. And I think it comes from the two biggest influences in the black community, that being one, Jesus Christ, and two, Martin Luther King. Uh, when you look at those two individuals, that's what they taught, that's what they preached. They live by that rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So back in those days, I would say in the 50s during the civil rights movement, everyone knows nonviolence was the 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 strategy and even in the days of Christ, Christ would routinely tell people, you know what? Hey, you should forgive your brother seven times 70. Keep forgiving him. Um, but as I got older and became adult and began to read, I want to say I'm more inclined to uh, the teachings of uh, the good brother Malcolm X who 
his whole premise was, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. So he didn't keep his foot off of the white supremacist neck. Um, he kept it on him. He wasn't forgiving. He said, you know, I can't, if I can't beat you, I'm not going to join you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to wake up every day, eat, sleep, breathe, uh, conquering this system that you set. So I do think we are too forgiving, too forgiving because of the way we were conditioned as a people. Um, and the reason why I think it, it happened that way is because of religion and uh, the good brother, Dr. Martin Luther King, who was righteous and had a righteous cause, but I don't think fully understood the enemy that he had. Nobody can. Um, me personally, this is a kind of a strange topic for me. So I'm taking a step back and I'm listening to the question. It's like, are we too forgiven? And then I hear, you know, the examples given, like for instance, Oh, for a black person, like I heard Nipsey Hussle say, like these dudes will be mobbing through their hood or whatever you feel what I'm saying, and they'll skip over the white person, they'll skip over somebody who they don't recognize, but they'll go after somebody like themselves. So I'm thinking, I don't think we're too forgiven, but I think the forgiveness that we give to those in other communities, I think we should extend that to our community. You feel what I'm saying? I, I say that to, I say that to to transition to this what are our goals as people you feel what i'm saying at the end of the day we black people in america but at the end of the day we americans you feel what i'm saying we gonna be in this country our kids gonna be in this country well y'all at least you feel what i'm saying well not eric because eric is uh what's his name too but or e excuse me yeah i mean but you feel what i'm saying so like if you a black person in america for generation on generation on generations as far as you could tell your whole entire heritage is going to be here in america so what are your goals do you want to assimilate to American culture? Do you want to be a respected part of American culture? Or do you want to separate? I understand we're black people. We got to stick together. We got to do what we got to do as a nation. Well, not as a nation, but as a people. But we're not a nation. So for me, it's not a matter of cracking down on everybody else, how we crack down on each other. It's a matter of extending that forgiveness that we have to other people, to other cultures, to our own people. And then through doing that, hopefully we could build on to something better. At the end of the day, regardless how anybody feels about it, the lines are starting to get blurred. White people and black people is getting together. Hispanics and Chinese, uh, Asians and all sorts of things is getting together. In 20, 40, 50, 60 years when we all gone, the lines are going to be very blurred. We might as well get to it right now. You feel what I'm saying? Understand where we at and, and uh, act accordingly. That's my position. Yeah, I mean, like... Go back to what Eric was saying, like, uh, as far as, like, Dr. Martin Luther King, like, I told him before as well, like, I would never take anything that he did away from him because what he did was very courageous, and it did a lot for us for a little while, but I also feel like he set us back. He set us back by joining the enemy, if that makes sense, because... You know, he was like, oh, let's go join them. Let's forgive them for doing what they did 400 years and let's befriend them. While Malcolm X was like, well, we already have our own. Let's just make our own stronger and keep it within our own community. You know, so, so the thing for me is, right? I feel my fault. I mean, to cut you off. Go ahead. My thing for me is with the whole, I understand there's the Malcolm and the Martin aspect of the whole entire thing. And I see what y'all talking about when it comes to that. What I'm saying is, how y'all how y'all think those people, those are the the the, the men, the people in power, Uncle Sam, would have reacted 
to an entire nation of undesirables. Because I remember in a few episodes ago, we gave that moniker to the people who, the uh, the, the United, how, how the United States views black people in America. So black people in America is on some, oh yeah, on some Black Panther shit pretty much. Not maybe as as all the way there, but you know, like we, we bought that shit, you're not going to play with us. How you think, what do you think would have been the response by Uncle Sam? I don't, I don't think it would have gone as smoothly as it went. I think like shit would have got hectic. Cause as we can tell, you, I think, if you look at like, remember like that that shit that they call it the Black Wall Street, the niggas came through, firebombed an entire motherfucking city block. Now I mean, lit the whole shit on fire, killed like roughly six hundred people, and nobody was right. nobody but, was uh, held accountable. Right, but I also feel like if we wasn't integrated, they wouldn't have did that because we would have been our own, and it's kind of one of those things like. But that was our own one. Right, but what I'm saying is, like, for instance, like with the Martin and Malcolm thing, like, Malcolm was like, hey, let's go be friends with the white people. Let's do what they do. Let's let them help us and so on and so forth. But it was like, we live in a time now where everybody's like, no, let's build the black community. But it was like, Malcolm was telling us the whole time we already had the black community. Because remember, before integration, we had the black grocery stores, we had the black farms, we had the black schools, HBCUs, because that's the only schools you could go to. Like We were doing exactly what they were doing, but within our own community. And Malcolm was saying, let's figure a way to make us stronger than where we are right now versus Martin was like, no, let's go be with them. And I don't think he understood that joining forces with the enemy would would be way worse because like that's how we that we in now. If you if you view this person as an enemy and they outnumber you with numbers, power, uh, resources, and so on and so forth, but you live within enemy lines, what are, what are your choices? So here, here can I interject real quick? So yeah, I, I think I see what you're getting at, and and while Malcolm talk by any means necessary, I don't believe that was his message. I don't think his message was let's go to war physical war. I don't believe that was the Black Panther's message. I thought it was more of let's defend ourselves. We are men. We are women. We are entitled to be here just like more than any other American. So we're going to defend ourselves. What it looks like, the response is, I like to use the Asian people as um, the model minority. How did they come over here and get a, a, a leapfrog a lot of people that were here before this? They came here, they stuck together, you know, they got their money up and they got business, economic power, and now people legislate on their behalf. And what I mean by that is if an Asian man wants to buy up a block, you know, he has people in the city council that they're not going to put up an obstacle in that man's way because he's paying them off you know that when, when we go back to the uh, couple shows ago when i was saying i think the most important thing that we could do is get our money up that's one of the reasons because you know money talks in this country money Boy. green is the the ultimate color that matters and if you don't have it you can't make the rules so like i said i don't think segregation is the answer i don't think separate i you know the saying is do unto others as you will have them do unto you I, I like to remix it and say, do unto others as they do unto you. So however way we get treated, we need to peep game, ear hustle, and then act accordingly. You know, if, if that's, is every time I go to Chinatown, 
I notice there's no job opportunities for me as a black man. I know there's no no spots where I can set up shop and things like that. It should be the same way in my neighborhood. But I'm saying, hold on though. I gotta disagree with you right there. So we sitting on that. So we sitting. So me, like the three of us right now, we sitting on the outside of the system and we looking in. We observing what's going on. So we see that the fact that certain individuals are squeezed out of certain places is a wrong thing. That's not something that's good. So I can't, in one instance, uh, condemn this, say, hey, oh, the fact that my people can't have any opportunities in this particular place because of so on and so forth, and this is America, you feel what I'm saying? I can't say that that's wrong. And then the next sentence say, yeah, I mean, if they doing it like that, then we doing it like that. Let, let me let me give you an example, Mabaki. So right now, I don't want to switch topics, but right now, the number one song in the country is Old Town Road by a black country artist. Well, that's the dude's name too. is Lil Nas X, right? Vicious too. So... Uh, as soon as his song starts shooting up the country charts, you, you know the story. You know what they did. They yep. took it off the charts, right? Yeah. So what I'm yep. saying is, okay, if that's how it's going to be, when I see Post Malone shoot up the hip-hop charts and he's already self-proclaimed that he's not a rapper, I say we should do the same thing. Take right. it off. I'm not saying don't listen to Post Malone. I'm just saying he doesn't belong over here. If Little Nas can't rock over there in the country world, then why do we allow people to rock in our spaces? That's where I think we're too forgiving kind of hurts us. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen, I don't think we should be, I don't think we should be, um, I don't think we should be so available and open to our own detriment. You feel what I'm saying? Of course, if in our own communities, we're not, we don't have places for our own people, we shouldn't open it up for the others. What I'm saying is, we shouldn't look at that as the end or be all. We shouldn't look at it as, oh, you do me, how you do me, I'm going to do you. Because all that's going to do at the end of the day is keep the lines, keep the borders where they're at. And is that really what we want? You feel what I'm saying? No, it's, 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 not, it's, it's, it's not what we it's want. Not, it's not what we want. Right. It's what we have. And it's That's what, what we have saying. to deal with. So it's like, how right. long do we, how long do but we this sit is, in this system, and we're the only ones not playing the game? So what That's I'm saying is, I feel you, right? That's cool. But I'm saying at the end of the day, there's an end game. There has to be a goal. There has to be a, there has to be a, 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 a line to cross. You feel what I'm saying? Not me. So okay. Right. Hey, let me, let me, one more time. I think, I think what Eric is saying is, okay, so. We're playing by their rules and we're not getting anywhere, right? And then, so it's like, if we play by our own rules, at least we get to move how we want to move versus only being allowed to move how they want us to move because we're playing their game. And it's like, you know, like, if you get tired, like, for instance, like, at your job right now, if your boss, you know what I'm saying, call you a nigga, what you gonna do? Are you gonna go report it to HR or are you gonna slap on his ass? I'm gonna you know what I'm saying? But sure. well, I need this white job, so I'm not gonna snap on him. I'm just gonna report to HR. But if you was on your own playing field, you'd be like, I don't need that job. I can go back to the hood and get a nah, job in the me, black community. For me personally, with that particular question, I don't think it's good to have to let any particular word or phrase or anything like that have that sort of real estate in your mind. If you call me a nigga, you just call me a nigga. I'm just gonna flame you. I'm just gonna look at you up and down and bake you right back, my nigga. Like it's, I don't, I don't, I don't use situations like that. But I don't want to digress. My point in saying all of this because I, I completely agree with you guys in regards to us building ourselves up. I mean, in a, in, a, in a few episodes ago, I stressed the importance of black people have black businesses and doing it how we need to do it. But I don't feel like we should just be looking at that as the end result. At the end of the day, if we if we can understand the historical context of black people in America, we can understand that. 
there, there's, there's someone against us. What? Someone doesn't want us to thrive. You feel what I'm saying? So that's always so. Hey, let me let me let me comment on something Mbaki said about the end game. And I'm gonna just keep it real. We family. Me and Barbie talked the other day, and and we had to just come come to a, a, a come to Jesus moment where we said, Yo, we not gonna see, you know that that type of progress that we're talking about in our lifetime. It's, it's just not gonna happen. So while you're talking about the end game, you have to realize there's a lot of people that's fought all their lives. And then you have us in our mid thirties that's saying we're not going to see it. The reason why I can't see the end game is because we haven't even game plan. We haven't even pre game yet. And I know, like I said, it's hard for us to realize because we're quote unquote woke. We are aware of what's going on. But like when you look around your community, a lot of people aren't tracking what's going on, and it's going to take a large majority of us to even game plan strategize actually execute to even get to the fourth quarter in the end game that's why i'm saying right now as a mid 30 year old the best thing i could do is teach my kids how to thrive in a system you know what i'm saying that's racist because it's not changing anytime soon do you truly believe that though do you truly believe that over the all the leaps and bounds that black people have made in america the progress that we've made regardless Regardless in whatever time frame where that progress has been stinted or has gone back or has gone forward, regardless, you feel like at this current point in time, we're still Bruh. unorganized? Bro, let's do the math. Let's do the math. I totally think, I'm one of those people who totally think, like, dude, like, only thing that we progressed in realistically, when you look at the big scheme of things is we get to eat in the same restaurants. We get to go to the same schools. We get to go to the same gyms. We can go see the same concerts. We got the same cable providers. Like that doesn't mean that we're ahead because as of as black people, what do we have? Because when you really sit and think about it, like you know, we talk about this like like fences like us, like majority of the NFL is black, but who owns who owns all the black people in the NFL? You hey, know what I mean? Let me, let like me so, we don't talk to. Let me respond to them too. So I just say, let's do the math. It's, it's 2019, 400 years ago, almost to the day, 20 African slaves was brought here, right? And if you look at the last presidency, when we had Barack Obama, in my eyes, from my perspective, you know, the way our brothers was getting gunned down in the street, unarmed, I don't see no difference between the lynchings of old and I think I call them modern day lynchings. And as y'all know, I love Malcolm X. He had this saying. He said, progress is not sticking a nine-inch knife in my back and pulling it out six inches. It's not pulling it out all the way. Progress is when, if you stab me in the back, you take that knife out, you repair that wound, you treat it, and get it back whole. And we haven't even begun to pull the knife out of our back. So I don't see... From my perspective, I don't see the progress that you're you're saying we made. Have we come a long way? Absolutely, but we're nowhere near. We're nowhere That's near where we need to be. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, the reason why we've come a long way is on the backs of those people we talk about, the ancestors, the the, the elders who has put in the work to to get us to where we are today. Granted, things ain't all the way good. Things is far from all the way good, but things is not what they was back in the day. You feel what I'm saying? So I feel like I can't acknowledge what these people have done for my people and then at the same time say, oh, we not even we not even 
a, a, a fraction of the way there or so on and so forth. In my opinion, I feel like well, that's like insensitive to the people who lay down the groundwork. Well, I'll say this, and, and I'm going to back out of this conversation after this. I look at it, you was talking about the end game earlier. I look at it like a football game. If anybody ever played football, they know it's a game of possession. It's about getting field position. And I look at us as we're here just a moment in time, and our job is to progress us down the field as far as we can and then pass it off to our kids and their kids. We're not going to be there in the end zone celebrating. Like, that's that's one thing I told Barbie the other day. We're not going to see the celebration where all things are equal. But what we can do is take the baton and keep it going. And that's why I'm saying I'm not focused on the end game. Yeah, we got to keep the progress going. Yeah, we got to keep the, you know, highlight the struggles we have and teach kids how to navigate through this crazy, racist country. But at the same time, we can't lose sight of what's in front of us because we're looking for a day that we meet the reach the promised land. We're probably not going to reach the promised land in our lifetime. 100%. I don't, I, don't, I don't see myself, just like you said before, I don't see myself anywhere near that. You feel what I'm saying? I feel like that's going to be lifetimes away from where I'm at currently. And I'm only in my right. 20s. I'm 23 years old, but I don't see that in my lifetime. And I agree with you. Right. We shouldn't lose sight of what's in front of us, but at the same time, we don't make sure that at the end of that road, that we got our eyes set on the prize, we're going to get lost on the way. Next thing you know, different things going to come up, different priorities going to pop up, and we're going to get lost on the way. So in my opinion, I feel you. We can grind it out how we grind it out. We can play the game how it needs to be played, but at the end of the day, in the back of our minds, we always got to have our eye on that prize. And if we don't, it could fuck us up bad. All right, now, now my question to anybody who always say, we got to keep our eye on the prize. What is the prize? What's the prize? The prize for me, in my in my, in my view, the prize for me is uh, uh, equality. You feel what I'm saying? If, in my opinion, the reason why I say that people, that it's going to be several lifetimes, because I feel like the only way that that can be reached is if the majority of the population is a jumble. If the majority of the population is some form of mutt, some form of mix, that's the only way that these things can happen. That's why I feel like you're seven lifetimes away from all of us. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Because at the end of the day, the way me and you is talking about handling, the way the three of us is talking about handling our business amongst black people, then white people is moving the same way. You know what I mean? Freedom of association is real. You feel what I'm saying? We talk about how we gonna pull together, do this in the third. What them niggas with all them resources and got this shit going on right now, they feeling the same way. So in my opinion, the only way this shit could work is when, when them lines start to get blurred, in my opinion. So that's why I feel like it's gonna be several lifetimes away. I mean, hello? Barbara, you there? Well, if he ain't there, this is I, I'll say the same thing, and I think the game is going to change at that point because I've read the probably the same studies you have that says, you know, in the year 2040 or 2050, America's going to be brown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then then it's going to be a new struggle, and that struggle is going to be, you know, economy. Yeah. Who has the power? Who has control of the resources? You know? And so that's why I really preach, right? Like I said, here in the moment, knowing that, like, I'm, I'm trying to teach my kids financial literacy. I'm trying to teach them, hey, if you want to get ahead in life, you got to have you got to have money in the bank, for lack of a better words, you know? And I think that's at this moment, and that's what I mean. Instead of, you know, of, of course, I'm going to tell them about the prize at the end. But I need to make sure they understand the right now. And the right now says you need to have money um, because this system that we live in possibly is going to crash. 
and it's gonna be dog eat dog out there. Yeah. yeah. I'm Oh, since Mabaki was saying like the end game is basically integration on a literal level as far as like everybody being mixed up with something you know like Eric said to me I felt like the end game was always who's gonna who's gonna be the most dominant people in the economy because at the end of the day if if everybody's gonna be mixed up then race would never be an issue it's like if the end game is race why are we tripping on race right now you know what I mean it's like it's almost like one of those things like if race is the issue go get with somebody else and have a baby that's not the same race and have a baby and damn there you go now we already starting the the integration if well, that makes sense started. that's already started like i said like like you just it said, has, but it's a lot of us but it's a lot of us who want to keep it completely you know keep it pro black and there's that's nothing wrong happen. with that and there's nothing at all wrong with that Bro, chances are that's not gonna happen. I feel you, and I'm in love with the sisters. My wife is a black woman. You feel what I'm saying? All in all, you know what I mean? Most of my life, I've just been with black women. But at the end of the day, if you look at the way shit is trending, people are mixing lines. You feel what I'm saying? And that's a good thing, in my opinion. I feel like that's real good. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's the only way we're gonna really be able to get over this thing. Because no no black baby with a white mom and a black daddy gonna sit down and be like, hold on. You just yeah, we talked about people like this. Yeah, we talked about that too. And it's one of those things along the lines of like, and that's what I mean by like us as black people, like we're so forgiving. And what I mean by we're so forgiving, let's just take the whole South for instance, where slavery was slavery was so prominent at. It's like you know you still got black people who happy to live in Mississippi, who happy to live in Alabama. Like yo, no my nigga, I'm out. Like the first chance I got, I'd be like I'm free, I'm out. Hey, let me challenge you on that, Barbie. Oh, let me challenge you yeah, on don't that. Get, don't get so, something I, I want to look at the, the larger scale of that, of actually getting out. You know how when people say, hey, if you don't like it in this country, you should leave. I, I totally disagree because we built this. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if families have roots in Mississippi and Louisiana, you know, I don't think that the end game, so to speak, just to use Mabaki's words, is for them just to leave. Nah, they, you know what I'm saying? You will respect them. You know what I'm saying? You will treat them equally. And I actually tip my hat. Like, I couldn't do it. I'm going to just be honest. I couldn't deal with that stuff on a day-to-day basis um, anymore. I, I think I'm pretty much going to move to the Mid-Atlantic or probably the East Coast. But, like, I, I do tip my hat to those family that did stay. Because back in the day, that happened to my family. My great-grandmother had nine uh, kids. Half of them stayed down south, four of them went to New York City. You know what I'm saying? And just because, you know what, I don't want to deal with that as better opportunities. But, like, I look at both of them, like, you know, I respect both of those moves, you know? Right. Um, And we shouldn't have to leave, you know, because we didn't we did put too much into this country. I mean, I, like, I, I, we should I be good everywhere. I understand that, but, like, you know, we had a conversation before. And, like I said, the whole south. Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, Virginia, South Carolina, uh, Florida. Who else is in there? Tennessee, Kentucky. Like, all those states are based on, like, they're based on a bunch of losers. You get what I mean? Like, yeah. every state is based on a bunch of losers. Every every Confederate flag, every statue, they're per- like, they basically got participation trophies in all those states. You get what I'm saying? And it's kind of like... Huh? 
I said I feel you. And, it, and it's like one of those things like you had people who were from the South who fought for the North so that you could have freedom to leave the South and you still decide to stay in the South. It's almost like one of those things like, you know, Rosa Parks and other people, they sat at the front of the bus so you can sit at the front of the bus, but we still choose to sit at the back of the bus. Like, that's the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. Well, I'll say this. We can leave the South when they pay what they owe. 40 acres and a million. Man, I think I'm going to have to be with E on this one. You feel what I'm saying? If, 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 me, if, if me and my family, if this is all I know of me and my family really put work into this, to this environment, really put work into this community, it would be hard for me to just uproot and dip. You feel what I'm saying? Granted, me being from where I'm from and knowing what I know about those places, I would never be anywhere near any of those places. Keep it a buck with you. Like, I can't do it. I mean, the historical context is too strong and shit still be popping on. Like, don't get it twisted. I, like, I love my family to death. And, like, you know, my family is there in the South. And I wouldn't change none of them for nothing. But I also understand and I also see how, like, not everybody in my family, but it's a lot of older people in my family, like, they never left the South, but they're so petrified by white people because of what they had to deal with. Like, my grandmother, she don't like being around white people because, you know, like, she had to be in the cotton fields and she had to do this and do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, grandma, when you got the opportunity to leave, why didn't you leave? And she said the same thing because my family roots is here. But it's like, you know, just because they there and you move away, you always know where you come from, regardless of where you go and be at in the long run. And, and let me ask you this, just just to challenge you one more time. So where can they go, realistically? You know, Eric Garner got killed in New York City. Mike Brown got killed in St. Louis, and uh, you know, in Ferguson, outside of St. Louis, uh, people um, discriminated against in Starbucks in Washington State. You know, uh, stuff goes down in California. You know, so where realistically can they, can they go? I ain't gonna hold you, E. Like. I feel what you're saying, like it could happen anywhere, and because of the world we live in, you could go anywhere on the earth, and that could still happen to you. And that could but still the happen. The fact of the matter is, it happened more down there than it did here. Now, the thing about it is, the reason that those places like New York City and Washington State and Philadelphia, the reason that when black people get killed there, it makes the news. Because white people feel some type of way about that too, so it makes the news. But I can guarantee you. The same time those black dudes got arrested in Philly at Starbucks, I'm pretty sure in the South somewhere somebody got killed, like by the police, and it wasn't reported because they don't give a shit about us. It's like, oh, one nigga dead, that ain't nothing. Don't put that on the news. Well, I'm saying the only reason why I brought it up is because I just wanted to drive this point home that there's no way that you can escape racism in America. That's true. That that was my only point. Very true. You know, so like whether whether your grandmother wanted to stay or leave wherever she went in this country at the time that she decided to move or or stay she was going to face the same thing right and now you see what I'm saying? and like the biggest thing for me as far as racism go like being where i live at now right it's kind of like there are a lot of racist people here but they're so but everybody here is so liberal that it's like i don't care for your kind but i'm never going to harm your kind either it's one of those things but they're not gonna harm you physically, man. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like they'll, you know, they'll keep you from getting the job again, or 
you know, keep you out their neighborhood if they can, but they wouldn't physically harm you. Versus in the South, you know, you can walk down the wrong block and they be like, nigga, what you doing on this block? Yeah, hey, I'm gonna go out on the ledge. I'm gonna go on my ledge. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on the ledge. Like, and, and I grew up in the South around the Confederate flags and, and the whole gambit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I felt more comfortable there than other places. And this is what I mean by that. The dumb form of racism, which is the KKK or right. the skinheads, that doesn't bother me at all. The one that scares me is the ones that have the sitting on judge benches. You know what I'm saying? The cities that... You know what I'm saying? Make power moves with money. Determine who can open up businesses, who can be hired, and who can't. That's the type of racism that really, really bought. Yeah, covert racism to me is 10 times worse. We all don't want to compare it. But covert racism, racism to me is just as bad as outright blatant racism. That is true. Now, now that you said something about racism, I'm going to move right on to the next topic. And this is why I'm going to get the floor to Mabaki on this one because this was his topic. It was are black people racist? Are they? Mabaki? Me personally, I feel like it's like this um this culture of oh I boom. Y'all niggas was wilding for four hundred years. Y'all was doing all this nut shit, holding this down, and to this day y'all even holding this down. So as far as the mouth go, as far as the lip go, we can say whatever the fuck we want to y'all niggas. And I'm not even talking about just white people. Across all cultures, right now, if you go, if 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 some if some Asian is doing some shit, you'll see like some derogatory terms, some normal like stereotypes that if it was the other way around in a heartbeat, we call them racist. Now, growing up, from my understanding, what they told me racism was when you had to be in a position of power to really act racism. Racism is based off of you know taking opportunities away from people or leveraging power to hold down a person or a people who you feel is beneath your people. Yeah. And I'm alright, cool. I could feel that in a certain particular way. But I don't feel like this definition gotta be so 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 uh so rigid. You feel what I'm saying? I feel like at the end of the day, if some Hispanic, some white person, some Chinese person, some Japanese person or someone from somewhere says some nut shit about a black person, called him a nigga, called him a porch monkey, called him a thug because of the way he walking, it would be uproar. It would be a problem. Niggas would be at your head. Niggas will close down your shop. Niggas will come for you. Whereas if it's the other way around, I feel like there's a culture. I'm not speaking for everybody. Because, you know, in particular my house, we don't play those games. You feel what I'm saying? And I'm sure other houses also feel that way. So I can't speak for everybody. But I feel like there's a culture running around our neighborhoods, running around our people, where we feel like we can just say whatever we want to whomever we want. And it can't be deemed as racism because of uh, uh, that particular definition. And I disagree completely. Okay. It's it's such a loaded question, and I think Mabaki hit on it. What where I focus on is the definition. Now, the definition states that it's someone or any person that believes that they're superior, you know, to another race based off of their race. By that definition, anybody can be racist. But the the problem I have with that definition is it doesn't capture the system. So racism to me is a system that only certain people benefit from and it's those people that's 
in power, you know. And it can happen anywhere. Like I said, it could be on your block. It could be in your strip mall. Um, but when I look at us as a people, we don't we, we don't hold power in the justice system. We don't hold power in government. We don't hold power in the education system and medical. Any any department or system in this country, you don't see black people. Uh, wielding power and because of that like Mabaki said I think without power you're just a, a nut dude just talking shit if you don't have power and you're running around talking about you're superior to somebody um, you, you look crazy to me and this is where we have to have a uh, you know we gotta face the facts and look in the mirror as a people I feel like we're defeated when it comes to power and resources in this country and for that reason I say no we can't be but strictly by the definition if you're going by the definition yeah I'm sure that somebody thinks they're superior just because they're black but I would ask that person alright so what are you dominating what are you superior in don't tell me basketball and football you know what I'm saying right. I'm talking about do you have the power to change how things operate in your community and if your question is no then I'm like I said you're not racist dude you're just a nut that's prejudiced well, you know, okay, so it, it's um like racism and prejudice. It kind of go in the same in the same book because I like before we even talked about it. You know, I did I did a little research, and racism is is basically you being prejudiced, discrimination, or uh or you antagonize against somebody. Who who is a, a of a different race based on the belief that you are superior? You are like you were saying they're more superior. So it's kind of like they both the same thing. It's like if you feel superior over somebody, then technically that makes you racist. Which means if we're talking about America, then we you know we're talking about how if that's the case in America, only white people can be racist because they really feel like they're superior over everybody in America and since you know they categorize us and Spanish people at the bottom I don't feel we can be racist or prejudiced like you said like it is what it is well some people I'll just say this some people can talk the talk that racist talk and then some people can actually act on it exactly. you know what I'm saying exactly. and those are the people I focus on if you can't act on it to me, you're just another dumb. That's why I said I really don't, I don't look at the KKK or anybody that's, you know, in some backwood burning crosses as somebody that's going to stop my progress. You know, dude, you have no power. You know, you, you're poor. You know, you disenfranchised just like me. You just lost. They didn't trick you into thinking you're superior, but you're not. But the ones I focus on is the ones that's holding these positions of power. The ones that can tell me no, you know, uh, when I'm trying to get a job, the ones that can tell me no when I'm trying to get into school, the ones that can shut doors on me, those are the ones that that bother me. I feel I feel all of that, right? And I'm cool with all of that, and I understand that, and that's what I'm about too. If you just a, like I said, when Bobby said, "Oh, some nigga call you a nigga at your work," I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, I cool. I don't care." You know what I'm saying? Because you're not gonna tell me nothing that's gonna make me violate or jeopardize what's going on in my life. You can run your mouth where you want. At the end of the day, your words is just words to me. Whereas if you're in a position where you can leverage your power to really hurt me, that's when I got to really start to get crafty and understand what I need to be doing. My point is simply, though, for, let's just take me for instance. My mother, my mother's an immigrant to America, right? My mother is racist, 100%. 
if you my mother is racist against black Americans, white people, Asians, Spanish people. My, if you're not from if you're not from West Africa, my mother don't like you. My mother's a straight up racist. By, by the de- now, not by the definition of she's leveraging power against these people. Like if you, like my mother had restaurants going. Like, it's not like she you come to a restaurant, she's not gonna give you no food or she's gonna spit in your shit or do some nasty like that. But she's gonna she's gonna look down upon you. She's gonna look at you like, oh look, this is what you and your people do. So I'm gonna frame you and all of that. So what I'm saying is, we can't be crying about our dead homies just be out here shooting niggas. That don't make no sense. You know what I'm saying? Understandably, there's a power grid. There's a there's a point in time where okay, cool. Some of it can be used to de- to be a detriment, and some of it is niggas just running their mouth. But I feel like being us as the number one victims in America of racism, I don't think we should be playing any role in that shit. You feel what I'm saying? I don't think that it should be appropriate. That's why the way my mother was is the reason why I am in my house. Why that shit was fly. Period. I got a son. I got another baby on the way, and they never gonna be like that. You feel what I'm saying? Not me. Point blank, period. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's inappropriate for anyone of any race to violate somebody like that. Some black person could go on the internet right now and say some nut ching 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 shit to some Asian and no one bats an eye. But if it's the other way around or if it's another race doing it to somebody like us, it's a problem. Why why is that? So why do you think that is I don't I don't I feel like I feel like people I feel like people give us a pass. Like I said, there's a there's a deep, deep historical context. We we the number one victims of that shit in America. You feel what I'm saying? So they looking at us, they're like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, them niggas was getting fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like people give us a pass. You know what I mean? And what and you call it a pass, and I think I, I'll just say they understand that we're the undesirables. And that's where I guess my point is. Nobody cares about the undesirables. So if the undesirables is standing on a soapbox talking about I'm a black man and I'm superior. Nobody's listening to that. And that's the point that I think that we're missing in this conversation. Yes, every action, the action may be the same, but the outcome is not the same. So, you know, if I'm sitting on the block and I don't own any property and I don't have nothing to my name, yet I'm spewing racist rhetoric, nobody wants to hear that. But let's say I'm the president of the United States, you know, and I'm out here talking crazy and I'm talking reckless of course people are going to check that people know who wields the power in yo country. but what I'm saying what? is I understand what you're saying but this isn't a bit by bit this isn't a every few and far in between this is something that can be seen staying throughout the culture like I said don't 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 get lost in my words I'm not speaking for the entire people but I'm saying this is something that's a, that's that, that stayed in our culture this is prevalent uh-huh. it happens very much so I'm saying do, so, so, so you're looking at it as far as, oh, okay, you just running your mouth and niggas don't care about what you're saying. You feel what I'm saying? But I'm saying, like, yo, like, this is a culture. The things that we do, the things that we allow to take place in our culture, eventually will fester and it will stew and it will breed more of that same bullshit, in my opinion. Right. Uh, but you know, it, it also goes back to the thing when you were saying, you know, like if somebody called you an N word and you didn't do nothing about it, it sends a wave to everybody else. They're like, "Oh, so we can't call them that?" Because I, I mean, I'm not gonna say no names because we, you know, we're doing a show. But prime example, Mubaki, you remember this like yesterday? This one dude, last name start with an S, and basic training. He called he called this other dude named Roberts the N word. Remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Barbie went and checked him, but it sent the message to all the white and basically like, yo, don't say that shit because Barbie will smack your teeth out your face. Bro, for me, Barbie, I feel you, and I remember that happening. That was crazy. 
what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, yo, we as a people, as far as that whole N-word shit, that nigga shit, whatever these niggas is calling you, if you a grown man in America and you let another grown man walk up to you, say a word, a two-syllable word to you, and it rile you up to the point where you about to put hands on them, I feel like that's a fault on yourself. You see what I'm saying? Me, I'll never let another man make me lose my composure. Unless it's something that's definitely warranted over me losing my composure. You calling me a nigga, boy? I, I, I'm not. I wasn't born in during slave days. I don't understand the historical context of that. My heart don't get cut deep. My heart don't get cut open by those words. That shit don't mean nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? That's just a bad word they used to call people who you, who used to look like me back in the day. But I don't give a fuck about that shit, and I feel like that's the that's the way you should stand about that shit. Don't let nobody fuck your money up. Cause end of the day, you gon' you gon' you. A nigga, a nigga call you a nigga, right? And you beat him up. Ah, oh, yeah, they get nigga, they get that nigga flat. But you gonna get assault charges, my nigga. You want that for your life? Cause I know I don't. I got a son. I got a, I got a son. I got a wife. You feel what I'm saying? I take care of my little sister and my mom. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to jeopardize nothing I do for them over a two-syllable word. And I feel like us as a people should, should take that and uh, and wear that on our sleeves. You feel me? So as far as I'm concerned, any white person can say whatever they want. You can call me a nigga. You can call me this and the third. I ain't worried about that nut shit. You feel what I'm saying? You you you're not gonna you're not gonna make me lose my composure. End of the day, I'm gonna flame you. I'm just gonna get at you and whatever you got going on. So hey, we kind kind of got lost. What's everybody's answer again? I I kind of missed. For me, it. I feel like are black people for racist? Me, I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't, don't want to be like okay, black people are racist. I'm not just going to say black people are racist because that's corny. Like, you can't just speak for an entire nation of people. But what I can say, living inside of this culture, I feel like it's very prevalent. As it is prevalent in all other cultures that that we that we spew this rhetoric, you know what I mean, amongst certain groups, you feel what I'm saying? And I feel like it's ironic. I'm like, yo, we, we know what this feels like. We've dealt with the entire power grid, top to bottom, from legislation, legislators, Congress, Senate, all that, all the way down to the bum ass nigga asking for bread, getting tight that I don't give him nothing and spewing some hate, hateful rhetoric at me. We felt it top to bottom. I just find it ironic that some of us are willing to play that game. You feel me? Well, I mean, if you if you're looking at black people like a monolith, then I can understand your your viewpoint. But I mean, the fact is, we're individuals, and I heard you bring up, um, you know, dudes killing other dudes and black people, you know, just shooting each other. Like I hear that a lot when people bring up Chicago and stuff. And the thing that confuses me about that is like, all right, so I've never been to Chicago. You know, I've been to the airport, but I've never been in the city streets. So. Why is it that I'm responsible for how they're behaving? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if if they're being racist and talking crazy, and this is the, the reason why I disregard that that statement and this conversation. Like, what does that have to do with me? You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? And we might be saying the same thing, um, but like I said, I don't agree with racist for the, the simple fact that when I see those behaviors, it lets me know that like I said, you, you don't have no power. You don't have no knowledge. You, you just, like, you're acting like a savage almost. So that person can never be as powerful and as conniving and as as sneaky as a racist would be in my head. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying, like, why they can't be a racist. Right. You know, like, for me, my answer is still no. I don't think that, you know, the question was, are black people racist? I don't think we are. 
I just think we we are on a. I think we didn't figured out a way to. It's like people call us racist towards white people, but I think it's a. No, I'm going to force you to respect me because of what my people had to go through for 400 years. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Like it's like a force to respect me. Like you don't have to like me. You ain't got to deal with me, but you gonna respect me, kind of shit. I feel that, but you gonna well, you gonna this, on the on the individual level, I can see it, but as a collective, I just I can't wrap my head. Right. Around. I'm not like I said. I'm not gonna speak. I'm not gonna speak for the entire culture. I just find it like I said. I'm not gonna speak for the entire culture. But me living inside living inside of the culture, I understand that it's prevalent. I understand that it's all around, and I just find it to be insanely ironic. Right. All right. So moving along, I know everybody heard about the. The Notre Dame Catholic Church burning down in England. Let me say my piece on this right quick. I don't care about the church burning down. That shit ain't got nothing to do with me. It ain't got shit to do with America. I keep the same energy that I had when they said George Bush Sr. died. I didn't give a fuck then. I don't give a fuck now. Like, it is what it is. The Catholic Church is very known for the high priest, all them niggas touching little boys, so they probably burned it down they motherfucking self to get rid of all the evidence of they creepy ass shit. Oh, they you. Wow. So, like, I mean, like, the reality of it is, it's like, as an American, you know, because people like to say American this, American that, and it's like, why do we care about everybody else's shit, but we can't even talk about the three churches that just burned in Louisiana? Why we ain't talking about that? Why we ain't talking about how these people in Flint, Michigan still ain't got water and it's like three or four years fucking later. Like, let's let's talk about that shit. Like, who gives a fuck about this this church that's worth $30 billion? Like, why are we even talking about that? That shit is pointless to me. It's like, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, we talking about some shit that it won't make the United States and it definitely won't break the United States. So it's like, fuck it. Fuck it. I mean, for me in particular, um, people, well, people identify more with their religions than they do their, their like uh, their race or anything like that. For people, if you're serious about a particular religion, like for instance, me, I'm a Muslim, so I, I identify as a Muslim because you know this is like this is like my this is my afterlife. You feel what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm working towards you know what I mean something bigger than what we got here. So I can understand as if you're a Catholic, why would you, why would it mean so much to you? You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of Catholics in America. I can understand why it's getting so much uh, 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 burn. I feel like if it's if even if you take the religion out of it, if it's anything that any any group of people care about, and something like this was happening, I feel like that group of people will be wilding out. Like they'd be like, "Damn, this is hard. This is fucked up." So I feel like at the end of the day, we should just be empathetic. You know what I mean? Like for yeah, me, I I'm Muslim. If, if like there was a there was a, there was a it was a big musket that uh burnt that got that had a fire. It didn't burn it down. Uh, I believe it's in Jerusalem. You feel what I'm saying? The same night that it happened, and I was like, "Damn, that's crazy." You feel what I'm saying? But it put things right. into perspective. You could you could be an atheist, but you care about some nut shit like I ain't gonna say no nut shit, but you care about something like 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 the Grand Canyon or something. Some nut shit happened to the Grand Canyon that you could understand like oh so. Right. I think what disturbed me the most about it is like they already had like. GoFundMe pages to help rebuild that shit, but I'm like, it's worth thirty billion dollars. They got the money. Yeah. Like fuck you giving what you giving people with money money for. Like fuck you mean like. (laughs) (laughs) 
so they can rebuild and continue touching children. Way to go. We gonna support these losers. Way to go. Damn, are you going off on you? I am. Because it's kind of like, you know, like, okay, so the same energy I have about R. Kelly, I, I have the same energy about the priest of the Catholic churches. Because this ain't new. Or It's not new. It's documented. It's well documented from centuries ago. Like, this is what they do. They touch little boys. But now they church burn down. Everybody like, oh, my God, it's a church. But, again, we got three churches in Louisiana that burned down. Motherfuckers ain't seen that on the news yet. Wow. You get what I'm saying? So it's like we worry about outside the country than everything in the country. But then, you know, again, that goes back to, you know, what we said in the first topic. Like, I think we're so forgiven because we're okay with saying, oh, the Notre Dame thing is going to be okay. But it's like, well, why y'all ain't talking about these black churches that burned down? Like, give us some credit too, bitch. Like, we believe in this shit more than you do. We don't control the media. Exactly. One thing I'll say is, like, when things like this happen, it lets me know that one, people are in their own zone. And when I say people, I'm talking about myself. I heard about it on the news. Um, I didn't read any articles. I watched a couple videos of it burning. Um, But, like, as you put it, it wasn't that high on my list of priorities because when things like this happen, I can't help it. It's just me. It's who I am. I begin to start comparing it to other things like you already did. The churches in Louisiana burning and things like that. And it lets me know that other people are like that, too. I feel like on this earth plane, we all walking zombies. We only care about what's in our world. And you have popular topics, you have the global world, and then you have where you're at. Right, Unfortunately, right now, my mindset is stuck in the United States of America. Um, I do check in and tap in and see what's going on in other countries. You know, I looked at the shooting in Australia in the uh, mosque, you know, when these things happen. But like, for instance, on my social media, I, I don't give a lot of time to these things because I don't think people care what I have to say and I don't think what I have to say matters in those those moments if, if that makes sense right. like you know the 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 diatribe you just went on like I hate to say it nobody cares that you don't care you see what I'm saying yeah. and it's like if I'm gonna give my energy to something it has to be something that I'm passionate about so like I said I saw it um I didn't really check in on it because I'm just not well versed in the church. And like I said, it's just not on my radar. Or I don't think there's nothing wrong with that either, personally. I mean, we're going to care about what we care about. You feel what I'm saying? I don't care about that shit either. But I'm just like, okay, this is what y'all care about. All right, cool. And I mean, that's all right. I mean, this is what y'all want to be focused on. I understand. I mean, like, this is something that y'all care about deeply. Y'all go ahead. I mean, have y'all moment to mourn. Go ahead and get yourselves together. Fuck them. Did anybody die in it? I didn't. I didn't see. I don't think so. Nah, I, don't think so. Yeah. I wouldn't know them. Yeah, I ain't put that. I was like, whatever. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just like, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna look at it like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna look at it like, you know, like, like if a friend, like if somebody I know, you know what I mean? Like they, like they, they mom get into a serious accident or they brother, I'd be like, damn, bro, like I'm sorry about that. You feel what I'm saying? But I ain't about to be sitting over here stressing over that shit. I'm just gonna be empathetic. If I could all be all the way honest, when I first started seeing the news coverage, I thought it was a school. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I ain't know what that shit was. I ain't know what that shit was. 
when they said the Notre Dame Chapel or whatever it's called was burning, I was like, dang, man, like, it's a big fire on the college campus. Uh, I didn't know what that shit was. I was just like, okay. <laughs> What's going on? All right. All right. So, we just go right into some happier shit on this good old episode we got going. I'm going to jump right into this NBA playoff shit. And just like I was telling Mabaki earlier, too, my favorite goddamn series going on right now is Portland Trailblazers versus OKC. I love nothing more than seeing Russell Westbrook lose. (laughs) And it's like, I told Mabaki, too, like, when I watch OKC play, uh, play, I have to pray after the game for forgiveness because every time I see Russell Westbrook go for a dunk, I'll be like, yo, y'all remember the movie Six Man? You remember when that nigga dunked and came down, then he died? Like, that's how I be feeling. You wildin', my nigga. You hard. You wildin', bro. <laughs> i be like, yo, I hate this nigga. Like, this nigga's gonna go down in history as the best there never was. Like, period. The end. But overall, the whole NBA playoffs is actually going pretty good. Even with the Warriors losing, and they were up by 31. You know, San Antonio lost, and they were up by 20. You know, like, the series overall is good because most people are one and one right now when most of the world was, like, if this was Vegas, I'm pretty sure Vegas lost a lot of money because I'm pretty sure people was counting, like, sweeps going on in in the first round. Yeah. Hey, so... It's it's some of those that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I believe it's gonna be a sweep somewhere, but not in the first round. I, I believe it's gonna be. A few, I believe it's gonna be a few sweeps in the first round. Who? Everybody one and one right now. Uh, no, the Bucks is up two. Oh, uh, well, yeah, then the Houston just win. Yeah, the Rockets is up two. Yeah, the Bucks are up two. Oh, that's right. The Rockets is up two. For me, the Bucks and the Rockets are gonna sweep their they competition. Because Houston just thump, bro. Utah. I'm telling you, and and I'm I got a fan. I got a I got a man who like a Utah fan. I don't know. That's the first Utah fan I was not met in my life. But anyway, he a Utah fan or whatever. He told me wait till we get to our home court. Home courts don't fix thirty point deficits, my nigga. Like it kind of does. Hell no. If niggas is thumping you, if niggas is slapping you by thirty. Then it's nothing you can do. You're gonna go home and lose by 15. Like, it's nothing you can do. No, because this is what I say. This is what I say. Because I said this about the OKC versus Portland game. Portland beat them twice in Portland. But I guarantee you, Russell Westbrook and them gonna win by like 20 points one of those two games. That they That's have- different. Those games were competitive. Those games had like a little bit of back and forth going on. It was a little edgy. There was more oh, like the the yeah, like the Bucks, like the Bucks are going crazy. The the, the Rockets are going hey, crazy. I, in regards to Russell Westbrook, I, I, I kind of sympathize with Cuz. Cause if you see man, you see him out there, that man is giving everything he got. Every fiber of his being being is going towards really hooping, really like getting buckets. Like he's not he's not worried about nothing. He's worried about giving everything he has at that current moment to win it. And so my biggest question my biggest question to both of y'all is who's gonna be in the NBA finals? Cause right now I have Golden State versus Milwaukee. I concur. Warriors and folks. I feel yeah. like I feel like Mabaki, don't you come on here and say the Knicks and six. I feel like you be you disrespectful this one too. Hey yo, listen, all this 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 a this a footnote. All this Knicks that I've been getting since I was born, 
Since I was a youth, yo, just make sure, please, keep that same energy. If I see anybody walking around with a Knicks jersey, I'm snuffing. Because ain't no Knicks fan. Oh, I've never had a Knicks jersey, but I have I'm had not talking about you in particular. I'm just talking about whoever listening. Like, you know you're not a Knicks fan now. Don't be a Knicks fan next year when we lit. I was going to say, I had a, I ain't going to lie, I had a mixed hat when Carmelo was there because I like that blue and orange. I always like yeah, that It's a good color. But as far as who's going to be in the final. Keep it real. Hey, if Zion go to the Knicks, I'm a Knicks fan. Listen, you welcome, E. I'm going to be I, like you, bronze sexual. I ain't heard no, I ain't heard no, 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 no bands. I ain't heard no ill will coming from you towards the Knicks. You're more than welcome to, to the Mecca. But as far as my final prediction, Yo, I feel like I feel like Kyrie's championship pedigree is gonna 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 carry the Boston Celtics all the way to the East. Okay, now I don't want to turn this into a Kyrie conversation, <laughs> but let's keep it real. Before LeBron came, they was the worst team in the league. That's true. You know what I'm saying? 100%. I believe for two two seasons. Now Kyrie was a big piece, yeah. but I think Kyrie needs that superstar beside him. He's he's a duo type of superstar. You know what I'm saying? The way, so, the way I see it. Kyrie getting to the pinnacle, getting to the Mecca as many times as he did and playing such a heavy role in doing so, he's well-versed. He got the muscle memory needed to really to understand what needs to happen, when it needs to happen. Now, I'm just going off for the whim. I just feel like things don't usually go how they're supposed to go. You know what I mean? I feel like in this particular issue, they're going to make it past this round. And I feel like it's going to be something going on against that Milwaukee Celtics matchup. I feel like some shit is going to change. I don't think it's going to be as easy as everybody thinks. Right. I, I know exactly what's going to change. Instead of Giannis scoring 30 points, this nigga's going to go 50, 18, and 10. We'll see. I mean, all, all, I, all, I, all, I know is, all I know is them young men, them young men who played on that team, went seven games last year without those pieces. So it's not like them young men ain't tested. It's not like this is new waters for them young men. Whereas Giannis and the rest of that team, they don't, they don't, they don't got that battle experience. They got jitters like that. Them niggas don't know what's up. And let me go back for a second time about the playoffs. I I don't know if you and Eric seen my post on Facebook that I made. And I sincerely, wholeheartedly mean when I say this, Ben Simmons is nothing but the black version. I disagree. I disagree. Like, why is everybody jumping on Ben right I'm now? I'm saying man? though, like two days, body. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so for me, so for me, I've been watching Ben. I keep like I've been hearing about it. You know, even when he was at LSU, I was like, to me at LSU, I was like, he's not that good, but he's you know he's good, but he's not that good. So when he got to the league, I've been hearing, you know, I'm like, damn, who who is he compared like? Nobody compares him to nobody. So I started thinking, and I've been watching this game, and I'm like, he plays just like Ricky Rubio. Yo, but what I'm saying is, you just... Ricky Rubio is not a bad player. He's just not... He's average. He's an average player. Like Jeremy Lee. Nah, you tripping. Ricky Rubio is better than Jeremy Lee now. What I'm saying, like, I'll say, like, I'll say this. Know, Ricky Rubio is one of those players that's like... You know, 14 years ago, by you'd be like, damn, he's still in the league. Yeah, because he's still enough to stay in the and league. You, and you're trying to attribute that to Ben Simmons? Yeah. Now you tripping. First of all, Ben Simmons is a way better defender than Ricky Rubio. There's two sides of the ball. He's a way better defender, way better rebounder. You feel what I'm saying? As far as their passing, you could give it to you could give it to either one. I said Ricky's a really good guy. He's like an amazing passer. 
so you could give it to Ricky. But I'm saying, like, Ben Simmons, being 6'10", being able to handle the ball, pass the ball, having the court vision that he has, also being able to guard one through four, maybe sometime depending on the five you got on the court, one through five, that's like a big deal. His only his only issue is being able to shoot, and God willing, if he works on that, he could be like a, he could be a superstar. This, this is what is this year four for him? No, this is third year. This is second year. Third year. No, this so, is second yeah. year. He won rookie so, of the year last year. Oh yeah. So Barbie, I think you got to take that into account. I think a lot of times we see number one picks. And we think they're going to come in the league and make a direct impact. It takes time to develop games. You know what I'm saying? Ben Simmons is going to be all right. You know, KD got swept, didn't he? But I'm saying KD got swept, didn't he? Two? Didn't KD lose to uh, LeBron in the heat? No, he didn't get swept. They lost in five. Oh, 4-1. Yeah, it was 4-1. My bad. But what I'm saying is the same KD that it was in 2010 isn't the same KD we have today. Well, I don't know. You know, he's about to win number three. Something different. Nah, 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 nah. nah. Look, I love Patrick Belzer. But, like, that, that, you can only go so far on, like, emotion and being hyped and stuff like that. KD is about to light him up. Keep it all the way. I'm going to keep it all the way. I'm going to keep it all the way. The reason Patrick Beverly is doing what he's doing is because Patrick Beverly is the six foot one in the problem. It just frustrates the fuck out you. You just start doing all kind of goofy ass shit. Okay, so so why I know I'm Patrick, Patrick Beverly. Like when I play today, I'm Patrick Beverly. I'm clapping. I'm all in my defender, but I know deep down inside, if the motherfuckers want to play and bust my ass, they gonna bust my ass. <laughs> But so let me ask y'all a question. Let me, let me ask y'all a question. So, so granted, right? The Rockets, now I mean, they had like a cool season, but particularly James Harden had like an amazing season. Like went crazy, did like hella crazy shit, broke records. He was just scoring out of his mind. Like, like, like you don't see, you ain't see shit like this since Kobe, pretty much. So, do y'all feel like James Harden can will these niggas to the finals? Nope. Yes. I'm saying it feel that way. I got that feeling. I'm looking at this nigga and I'm like, yo, this Utah series couldn't be this easy. These niggas are a good defensive team. Now, my thing is, my whole thing is, I feel like, well, yeah, first off, I feel like I don't think they got enough man. I don't think he got enough manpower to go past Golden State. That's one. Two, I also feel like if they do make the finals and he got to see Giannis in the finals, I think Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee will win that series like four to two. I disagree. I disagree. And the reason why I say that is just based off of last year's Western Conference Finals. I don't see how anybody can count James Harden and the Rockets out when they was like, let's not forget, they was thumping. They was thumping the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? And the Warriors, they they pulled off a magnificent com- comeback. And I don't think the the gap, the skill gap, is that large between those teams. Let's also remember when the Warriors played the San Antonio Spurs, and uh, what's what's the boy named stepped on? Zaza uh, Pachulia. Yeah, Zaza Pachulia. That that was another series that I thought could have been a potential loss for them. So I mean, if anybody has a chance, I'm not gonna say they're gonna beat the Warriors, but anybody has a chance, it's gonna be Houston. And then the Houston Conference—I mean, the the actual finals—is I'm sorry, like that's where that championship pedigree and those playoff battles come into to play. And I don't see Giannis being able to pull it out. Well, 
this year, like for me, I had this talk with Ed. To me, I feel like Giannis. Like to me, I feel like Giannis is Player of the Year. This is why, man. Because, because listen, I'm gonna tell you why. Because I had a conversation with three other people, Eric being one of them. These niggas praised Magic Johnson for being able to play all five positions in one game his whole career. But they don't give credit to Giannis for being able to play all five positions at seven foot two. Hold up. James Harden. Hold up. James I never, Harden. I never discredited him. And James Harden can only play one position, and that's Crybaby. Okay. A Crybaby. So, no, that's not true. A Crybaby don't average 36 now. A Crybaby and, don't average 36. Uh, and, and, and I, like I said, I never discredited him. All I'm saying is, let's have that conversation after Giannis has four or five. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, right, for me, losing um, the Marcus Cousins, granted, they got busy without the Marcus Cousins. That's not a big deal. But I feel like the Hampton Five can't be the Hampton Five anymore because Andre Iguodala isn't doing what that nigga used to be doing. You feel what I'm saying? Whatever that other center name is they got, he ain't going to be doing that neither. Yeah, or whoever. So what I'm saying is, you got the what's his name as they got, they got Kenneth Reed now. You know what I'm saying? They got, uh, they still got a uh, Clint Capella. They still got a uh, cause name that wing defender. I forgot his name. I mean, I feel like they still got a lot of the same pieces and the pieces they lost. I feel like by getting Kenneth Reed to supplement what Trevor Ariza was, I feel like at least defensively they can hold it down. Because the reason yeah, why you know, you know, Trevor Ariza, Trevor Ariza was on that team to stop Kevin Durant. Fareed ain't gonna stop Durant at all. I don't know. But hey, Barbie, let's just look at it like this. The Warriors just lost to the Clippers at home. Right. But that was a now, fool, let's though. put that in perspective. You think you think they're gonna come out of game two up 2-0? I, I think that's a stretch. Now now this is my thing. So this is my thing. Granted, like for instance, like you said, like it's crazy how we like I feel like some losses, like we, we look at them like wow, that happened. But it's like we also know that the Clippers don't have a chance in hell at winning this series, even though you seem to think they do because some people. Don't. Don't. But but it's also one of those things no, you go back. But I'm not looking. But it's also when you go back and look at stuff like this, and it says, "Wow, the Rockets, who's not even that good, took the Warriors to Game Seven, but then they Rockets. went to the finals. Then they went to the finals against the best player on the planet and swept his ass, like." Shit, the Rockets is a team. The Rockets is a team. Are you comparing the Rockets as a team as the Cavs last No, but what I'm saying is LeBron is better than everybody on the on the Rockets, period. But this is not That's tennis, Bobby. This is not tennis, Bobby. We're not golfing. Shout out to Tiger Woods for that Masters win. Yeah, shout out to oh, all day. We're not golfing. This not this not this is a this is a team sport, you know what I mean? You got you got you probably going seven, eight deep in your roster when you playing the Muslim. One player don't define your entire team. What I'm saying, is, I'm, not, I'm not saying they back. can win. I'm just saying, yo, James Harden for me, he showed me a lot this year. He really like, he really won me over. So I now, feel like if thing, you put, uh, one thing Eric just said that's funny. He said Chris Paul is back. Chris Paul was there for the first round last year, and then he just got he just happened to get hurt in the second round, and that'll be like if he, if he gets hurt this year in the second round, I'm no longer saying. You get hurt. I'm saying, nigga, you don't want to play basketball because that'll be like four years in a row you get hurt in the second round. Nah, 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 nah. Injuries is injuries. You can't do nothing about that. You know what I'm saying? You can't blame somebody. Man, you crazy if you think Chris don't want to Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can't say nothing. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if the Rockets lose to the Warriors this year, 
Chris Paul leaving, going to New York. KD going to New York. Nah, we don't want to. We want that guy. They gonna try to win. We don't want. We do not want Chris Paul. Yeah, you do. No, I do not. I do not. You ain't got no point guard anyway, so you need Chris. We got Dennis Smith Jr. We got Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, and then we could go. Fayetteville, stand up. I mean, yeah, we got Dennis Smith Jr. Don't get it twisted now. Forty-eight is right in the building. I mean, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I feel like if anybody has a chance against Golden State, it's the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, I think Milwaukee gave them a good run. Only reason I say that because a lot of people. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people be like, everybody know regular season games don't count. But it's like, nigga, Milwaukee beat them niggas three times with a full squad. Bro, for me in particular, bro, we talking about Kevin Durant, who really is probably the best scorer of all time. We talking about the okay, best scorer of all time. time. You tripping. I'm saying, who could... Come on, who could, come on, who could, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When I say uh, best scorer of all time... Durant sexual. Let me, let me explain. Let me explain. Listen, I'm, I'm straight, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, who can score as well as Kevin Durant in the history of basketball? Kareem, Jordan, no, Kobe, no, no, you know why, you know why, you know why, you know why, because you know Kevin Durant can score at all three levels, Kevin Durant has post moves, Kevin Durant can, can, can posterize you, your mom, your granddad, and your grandfather at the same time. I'm just going to put this out here for you to understand. Because you wasn't born yet and you probably don't know the complete knowledge of it. I had NBA Hardwood Classic. I had Hardwood Classic. I had Cable, baby. No, but what I'm saying is you realize Kareem is the all-time lead scorer and he didn't shoot not one three-pointer? I agree with you. Listen. Don't so that goes to show you that he's a better scorer than Kevin Durant. No, I don't know. And you didn't what say you, what you, you what didn't you? say anything that Jordan couldn't do too. I just want to add Listen, that. First, Jordan can't. Jordan cannot shoot the ball as well as Kevin Durant. Nobody shoots the ball or a piece of paper into a garbage can that says Durant. What are you Bro, okay, about? but that's because of but that's because of that's because of that's because of history. You feel what I'm saying? You know, Durant got like some, some ill will towards him. Niggas don't like Kevin Durant. You feel what I'm saying? What I'm, I'm gonna, saying is, I'm what I'm saying, what I'm saying, hold on, let me let me let me just say my piece. What I'm saying is, if we take a step back, we're looking at scoring. We're talking about scoring, the ability to put the ball in the basket. Check this out. About- Check this out. I'm just gonna say this. Since I've been alive. I've only heard two names when niggas shoot the ball. I've heard Jordan and I've heard Kobe. Other okay, than that, other than that, only other name I've heard is when niggas get crossed over. I heard niggas say Iverson, and that's it. Other, those are the only listen, three names listen. in the whole basketball game I've ever heard. Listen, that's a listen. That's a poor way to analyze it. If you're going off of what niggas are saying, that's a poor way to analyze it. Let's just take a step back. Let's be objective. We talking about sports. Well, let's talk right, numbers so let then. Talk. What so is so KD's career average? I could talk. I could talk. I could talk. Go ahead. Right, cool. <laughs> let's take a step back. I'm saying, so let's take a step back. We're talking about who has the best ability of putting the ball in the basket. Now, my case is the fact that the fact that Kevin Durant can score at all three levels however you want him to. In the post, he can face up. He can face hey, three. He could put he he K, KD KD will hezzy into a into a KD KD but well, let me finish though KD will hezzy into a pull up three from motherfucking thirty five feet away and smack it in the back of the net. You know what I mean? So so I think I think what threw us off is that you said 
best scorer of all time. And so, 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 no, hold on, wait a minute. So when you say that, it throws us off because first, Kareem is the best scorer of all time, stat-wise. But when you talk about who can score the basket at will from any position, we have to say Magic Johnson. The nigga scored 44 points by playing all five positions in one game. Kevin Durant did do that. Bro, first of all, let me ask y'all a question. So, y'all know that LeBron James, if he if he if he plays twenty years and averages somewhere between eighteen and nineteen points a game, he'll be the top scorer of all time. Would yeah, we know the all time leading scorer. Hey, listen to me, hear me out. I'm saying, if that happens, will LeBron James be the best scorer of all time? No, I go by points per game. Okay, so so this is my thing. To me. I don't care whoever comes along and they and they outscore Kareem of all time. I will always say Kareem is the best because Kareem scores that many points with no three-pointers. Everybody else had three-pointers added into the So, hold on. So, hold on. So, Bobby, what you're trying to tell me is a seven-footer in the league had a crazy, vicious skyhook, untouchable. I can't say nothing about that. I can't take nothing away from the brother Kareem. You feel what I'm saying? So, you're seven feet tall. You know how to do the sky hook. All right, lovely. You can score in the paint very well. You feel what I'm saying? That's cool. And you got all the points you got. You got five rings off of that. You feel what I'm saying? You got five MVPs off of that. Lovely. Uh, six MVP. Wait, hold on. Five or six? Oh, six. You got, six. Five. You got five. You got five with the Lakers, one with the Bucks. Well, you got as many rings as whatever it is you got. You feel what I'm saying? You, you holding, you doing your thing. What I'm saying is... The ability to score the basketball. No one does it better as far as I've seen. Because remember, 27 foot. No one on the earth can guard KD if he don't want you to guard him. Let's bring it to modern times there. How can you say that with James Harden in the league? Yo, James, yo, James Harden, James Harden just started doing what he doing. KD, KD is the youngest ever scoring champion. Don't forget that. Damn. They just started doing this, my nigga. I want to put out there. Let's just talk about modern times. KD, okay. KD ain't the first seven footer to impress us. I think we keep forgetting about this guy somewhere between 2003 and 2012, named Dirk Nowitzki, my nigga. Bro, but Dirk, bro, Dirk Nowitzki can't score like KD, my nigga. Dirk Nowitzki is cool. Dirk Nowitzki Dirk can't Nowitzki put the ball. Okay, only, okay, only number six okay. of all time, bro. I feel you. I, I'm listen. I'm not tripping <laughs> off of that. Kobe Bryant, but but Dirk Nowitzki also played twenty years, twenty one years in the league. Kobe do Bryant. You guys think Kev, Kobe do Bryant? Do you guys think Kevin Durant won't be in the top five scoring all time when it's all said and done? No. Kobe Bryant, what do you have to say about that man? Listen, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Kobe can't listen. Listen, can Kobe Bryant shoot threes as well as Durant? Is Kobe Bryant unguardable? You, are we talking about putting listen, the ball in the basket? Okay. Or are we talking bro, about shooting threes? Bro, we're talking about putting the ball in the basket. So we're talking about yeah, Kobe, how, Kobe how many? So, in the so, 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 look, so, so, look, right? If, if you're a person who can't shoot threes and your best way of putting the ball in the basket is, I'm going to clog up the paint. Uh, if, if, I'm going to clog up the paint. I'm going I'm to I'm ease off you. So what check, can you check, do to Kevin Durant? You can't do anything to Kevin Durant. Check this out. This is and this and this is what makes my point so I'm gonna clog up the pain. And guess what happened through the whole decade of the nineties? Michael Jordan got six rings. 
He got yo. Yo, 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 NBA, like they, I'm pretty sure somebody said he should be the new logo. Jumpman should be the new logo of the NBA because he quote unquote couldn't shoot three. Because remember, yo. my most of his scoring came in the paint, my nigga. Listen, listen, you not, you, you not, you not, you not, you looking at it in a different way than I'm looking at it. What I'm looking score. at it. Score. I'm talking about scoring too. I'm talking about scoring too. Hear me out. Pause. Let's talk. Let's take our emotions out of it. Y'all too wrapped up in your in your in your memories. What I'm saying is, is there a person on the planet who can guard Kevin Durant? Yeah, Patrick Beverly. No, no. If listen, I promise you, if KD wants to, he will grab the ball <laughs> in the paint, face up, put it up in the same spot, and score 80 points on that nigga all night. KD can do whatever. He's never scored 80. I, I Only Kobe you, has. I see, I see. All I'm saying is, KD can do whatever he wants to Patrick Beverly. Katie just chilling. Katie, Katie know that him and his niggas. Katie know that him and his niggas. Yeah, but I'm telling you, is I don't know what year was it 2013 or 2014 when what what year did Katie go to the Warriors? Like 2016. Okay, so 2015, so 2015, Iguodala locked his ass up in a seven game. My nigga, my nigga, listen, listen very closely to what I'm telling you. If locking, if, if niggas blocking you up is you averaging 33, yeah, what type of man can lock a guess? You know what I mean? Is that a type of So hold up. Okay, we talk about scoring. Let me, let me, let me ask this. So when I think about all these all-time greats, I think of their scoring feats. When I think of Jordan, I think his points per game. When I think of Kobe, I think, yo, the 81-point game, I think. 12 straight 40 point game. When I think about um, LeBron, I think him dropping 40 consistently in the finals. When has KD ever done so any pause. of this? So pause. So Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, right? The youngest ever scoring champion in the history of basketball. All these niggas you talking about, when they was 21, you know, they was getting their act together, finding out what they could do, so on and so forth. When KD was 21, he was willing the team to the finals. You know what I mean? Being the youngest ever scoring champion of all time. Just saying. So, what I'm saying is, I'm not taking into account, I'm not saying like, yo, KD has achieved more in regards to scoring as these other players. Because granted, KD hasn't been in the league as long as these other players. KD got drafted in 2007, in 2019. You hear what I'm saying? KD hasn't been in the league as long as these other But what, what, what you guys don't seem to understand is, by the time KD is done, He'll have had more points than Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. But and and the and the fact of the matter is, I ask you guys, can someone on the earth guard KD if he don't want you to? And we can't seem to come up with an answer. I would think all season you don't want nobody to, but he begins. Bro, bro, you coasting. You just you just came off of two rings. You just came off of two rings. One of which yeah, you sweat. The, the best player on the planet. The best player on the planet. You coasting this yeah, year and you throw the one seed in the West. But we all know Kevin Durant also had the Splash Brothers and That's true. Dollar. But without who is Kevin Durant without the Golden State Warriors? He's just another good player. He's an impeccable scorer. He's an impeccable scorer. My only problem is when you you insert the words all bro, time. For, That's bro, my only me, problem with anything you say. Listen, look, there, there, there is somebody at, at, at some point in history, there was some person who could guard Kobe Bryant. At some point in history, there was a person, maybe a possession or whatever, there was a person who could guard uh, Michael Jordan. What I'm saying is, Bro, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You telling me Michael Jordan just you telling me Michael Jordan just went his whole life, nobody wasn't able to hold him down? Basically. Nobody uh, can stop uh, uh, Michael uh, uh, Jordan. Uh, uh, what's the name of that nigga? Oh no, that's for Kobe. I was about to say Tayshawn Prince. That's for Kobe. So you telling me in the history in the history of Michael Jordan's career, nobody ever held him down. Nobody. 
No, okay, let me tell you. I'm, I'm gonna give you a history lesson. You, you gotta watch the bad boys. The Detroit Pistons mauled him and clotheslined him every time he came to the lane. So if that's that's the only time I can think of somebody oh, even yeah. attempting to stop. Now, my to rebuttal what Eric said, even against the bad boys, and they choked him, choke slammed him, clotheslined him. He still averaged 28 points a game. Like you could not stop Michael Jordan. That's why I'm I'm, I'm not understanding. And especially in this era where you can't hand check, you, you cannot hand check no more. They used to put your hand on the player's hip, the offensive player's hip, and direct where they're going. You can't do Michael Jordan would light up this league right now. I mean, yeah. Like even Michael Jordan has had an interview and said he doesn't like when people compare, you know, each decade of players. But he even went on a limb and said, the way that I played, if the game was played that the way that it is now, and I had the rules that they have now, it said that he would score 50 points a game. There ain't no 28 points. There ain't no 31 points. We talking 45. You, oh, right, right, right. So, hey, people, we'll be we'll be right back. We got to go to commercial break, pay some bills. We'll be right back with the who's better and in the wrap up. Back, good people. We had to go pay some bills, like I said, whatever's whatever. And. Uh, so we're going to move along to the final and last topic, which is the fans' favorite, you know, who's better. And I'm going to start with the who's better. Well, I'm going to start with the first one. Uh, it was a continuation, thanks to Mabaki, about this fucking catch-up situation. Because he, he had my Instagram stormed with people fucking talking about ketchup. A question came about saying, What's better, room temperature ketchup or cold ketchup? For me, first off, let me go on the limb and say, I don't really eat ketchup because I'm distinguished now, like I said last episode. <laughs> and, but if I did have a choice, I always eat room temperature ketchup. Like I have ketchup in my cabinet right now. It don't go in the refrigerator. I don't know why, it's just how I am. But, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I say room temperature as well because when you go to restaurants, whether it be fast food or Applebee's, TGI Fridays, whatever the case may be, there's ketchup on the table that's been there since they opened at like 8 a.m. That's room temperature ketchup and you're gonna use the shit. So it's like most of us eat room temperature ketchup because the packets at McDonald's and Wendy's and whatever fast, Sonic, whatever fast food you eat, they don't pull the shit out the refrigerator and be like, oh, here are some cold packets. Them shits just be out in a box. And they be like, oh, here go a few. It is what it is. Well, so for me, with room temperature ketchup, it. Hey, so when you first approached me with this, this question, you know, I went with cold ketchup straight up and down. But then you brought up some good points about how, you know, ketchup in the restaurant is is room temperature and we eat it and i probably eat room temperature ketchup 70 percent of the time but like i said i have to go back to my original when i put some french fries or some tater tots in that oven and they come out i don't want no room temperature ketchup on it i need that cold 
take some of that heat off my palate. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with cold ketchup. That's how I keep it in my house. This is who I am when I'm in my house. This is me when nobody else is looking. I'm going with cold ketchup. All right, man. You know what I mean. You feel what I'm saying. You know it's the. It's the, it's the ketchup captain here, you feel what I'm saying? The ketchup guru, you feel what I'm saying? I'm really the one who's been repping this since day one. I'm a ketchupologist, you know what I'm saying? PhD. So, for me in particular, I take a step back and I take a look. Like, that particular point you made right there, E, you got some hot food, you want some cold ketchup to help it cool down. But for me, that takes away from it. The way I look at ketchup, I look at it as sauce, you know what I mean? So, if you got like, let's say like, uh, like some curry, I mean, you know, you get like your rice, you feel what I'm saying, or your roti, whatever you like. You get your chicken, your veggies, or whatever it is, you feel what I'm saying? For me, I look at ketchup like your sauce. So I want a cold sauce on my food. I don't want a cold sauce accompanying my food, you feel what I'm saying? That takes away from it, you feel what I'm saying? It makes it, it makes it weird, in my opinion. So for me, my ketchup stays in the cabinet at all times. If the waitress bring me some cold ketchup, I'm gonna tell her to put it in the microwave for a few seconds and then bring it back to me. You know what I'm, I'm gonna put it in my pocket or something. You know what I mean, or or, 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 or pump it in my elbow. You know what I'm saying the the, the the bend of my boat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, for me, for me, you're weird. You're weird. You're weird. So, of course, we're going with the we're going with the warm room temperature. Alright, so. I ch- uh, you know, I, I tell everybody, I post it on my Instagram, the Who's Better. And 70% says cold ketchup, 30% says room temperature ketchup. And it's, it's crazy because I think if they would have heard what I had to say before they voted, it might have swayed them to vote the other way because they would have been like, yeah, you're kind of right. You know, because realistically... We eat room. We eat more room temperature ketchup than we do cold ketchup. Because the only cold ketchup I ever known is at people's houses. Other than that, at restaurants, all across the world, that shit be on the table all day. Like it is. So I'm gonna go. So the next one is makeup sex versus drunk sex. To me. I went with drunk sex because I feel like makeup sex means that your ass did something wrong and you got put in the doghouse and you have to wait for that time to have makeup sex versus drunk sex means we've been out having a good time, drinking some Henny, and I'm finna give you this Henny dick and that shit, my, and I'm numb. So we about to go for a long, long time. Like, <laughs> like we fucking, right. yeah, like it's finna go down. Like, ain't no tomorrow. So, I went with drunk sex, Eric. Hey, when you got that liquor in the system, nothing compares. So, I would agree with you on that point. Um, the performance is, is impeccable, you know, when you, you lost off that song. But there is nothing like the magnetism and the passion uh, Let after know. you just had a fight with Bank. You know what I'm saying? Let them know. And y'all looking at each other. And you're like, this shit is stupid. And then it's hot and heavy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm about to, I'm about to choose makeup set. Okay. okay. In particular, just like you said, like that, I feel like drunk sex is overrated. I mean, I mean, you get drunk, this shit, like, you know what I mean? This shit all over the place. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's not really like, like the feeling not there for me personally. You know what I mean? And then for me in particular, let's say I am in the doghouse. You feel what I'm saying? If you give me that opening, if you give me that lane to go ahead and drop to the basket, when I get there, I'm going to make sure that by the, when this is over, 
we're gonna be done with this. We're gonna be back to normal terms. So I'm gonna be putting in more work, which will make it more enjoyable. So for me, it's makeup sex. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a funny analogy on why I like oh so so why drunk sex is better than makeup sex. For me, you have I'm sure both of y'all seen the movie Belly, right? Yeah. Remember at the beginning, like when Nas and T-Boz and, and Keisha and DMX was going at it? Like DMX and Keisha, that's drunk sex. I love that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that nasty, like, I'm about to fuck your brains out to where, like, when it's done, you don't even want to wipe off. You just want to lay there and wake up with your legs stuck to your other leg. Like, I don't want to make up sex and then smack you on the ass and be like, you going to make them tacos now? Like, nah, bitch, I, I didn't fuck so good. I don't even want to eat. I was just thinking I'm about saying. baby boy, man. I was just thinking Bro, about I'm saying. The energy, the energy, that's what I'm saying. That energy, because you know what I mean? That tension, that anger, you see what I'm saying? That build up, you see what I'm saying? It's like on a different type of time, bro. That release is a different level, bro, for me personally. Because when it comes to that drunk shit, like, because I'm not feeling shit. You know what I'm saying? I might as well be punching you in the stomach with a fucking uh, screwdriver, my nigga. Like, <laughs> this, shit, this shit ain't doing nothing for me. I mean, I'm going to do this because, you know, it's the principle of the matter. It's a principle. I'm going to do this, but this shit ain't doing nothing. All I can say is liquid courage make you do shit that you said you'll never do, and I'll leave it at that. I'm telling you, it's your sh- big matter. Okay, eat that. Big matter. That's what you saying. You <laughs> Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You start doing all kind of nasty shit. You literally turn into Mr. Marcus, my nigga. Drunk sucker make you come down and get some like frosting out of the cabinet and shit. Do some wild things. We got uh since we got our man Mabaki on here, this nigga might go downstairs and get the ketchup on our ass and shit. <laughs> Yo, listen, don't tempt me, dog. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. Because I would really have that shit. I would really have... I would fuck up the whole pH balance down there. I'm telling you, cuz. I'm telling you. No. But, you know, I put it on uh, on my social media, on Instagram. And 80% said drunk sex. 20% said makeup sex. Niggas is wild in the day. I don't know what's going on. I think... I think we live in a time now where, like I said, I think makeup sex is, means that you were in trouble, so you're trying to go back to the impress you stage. Like that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with makeup sex. I've had makeup sex, I've had drunk sex. You know, it is what it is. But it's something about drunk sex that just be like, yo, like makeup sex means like. I'm trying to be gentle and get my way back in where I used to be. But drunk sex means, bitch, I'm finna stand up. I'm finna pull out my little time watch and say it's morphing time and turn into a fucking power on you. Like, we about to get loose in this bitch. Like, try some new shit. I don't know. Yeah, like, we finna be nasty, nasty. For me, I don't know. So, that was that on that one. And moving along to the next one is what's better, sex or love? For me, I went with love because I feel like in my mid-30s, I didn't fucked enough. Like sex is sex is what it is. It's great, but it's like I think I only felt love probably like once in my life. Like, I mean, you know, as far as a significant other goes. <laughs> I mean, so for me, I chose. I I rather feel you love. And you know, like the examples. <laughs> I check out my homies, like you know, like 
Eric, like you, Mabaki, you know, my other friends that's married and shit. It's like, you know, y'all seem to, you know, love seems to be the shit. It's lit. You know what I'm saying? So, because it's like, I mean, like you said, like, it ain't shit to go buy a bottle on Friday night, slide off to the club, and come have drunk sex with somebody. Like, that ain't shit. Because I done did it so much, it's like, I want to feel love now. So I went with love. Hey. So, like I said, this is one of those age things, man. If, if you caught me 10, 15 years ago, I would have told you, ain't no pussy better than new pussy, you know? Because that was my only goal. <laughs> have as much sex as I possibly could, you know? Um, but as, as I got older, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there is something to that love and companionship aspect that I wouldn't trade for the world. So, I'm going to go with love, you know? Yeah, me being a youngster in particular, you feel what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And I, I hit my head here, hit you, you feel what I'm saying? I'm in front of these bitches since a young, but for me personally, I mean, love, like, love, love, like, love satisfies the soul. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. It's certain shit, because, cause you know, I got my wife, very beautiful young woman. You feel what I'm saying? I look at her, I'm sexually attracted to her, but the, but the ways that she expresses her love to me means more to me than anything I've ever felt. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I mean, so for me personally, like the I don't know, maybe it's just me. You know what I mean, maybe I could just maybe I'm feeling in a way that, that people can't, but for me, like love has done more for me than anything else in my life. So it's love. And another thing, when you when you love somebody, man, I, I honestly believe it's impossible for the sex not to be bummed. You know what I'm saying? So uh, right. it's like when you when you in love somebody, you you actually capture both of those aspects of a person. You know, so yeah. um, if, if the sex is crazy, but the chick is nuts, then like that just ruins the whole thing. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely. When, when when love is there, the sex is better, which means now you get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I get. Oh, you know, again, as the poll, the good old poll. 70% said love, 30% said sex. And I had one person send me a, a DM that said, I chose sex because I'm sick of love. And I was like, they hurt you. Yeah, these bitches hurt. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, hurt. Bless her. So. Hopefully somebody could heal her. Right. Hopefully somebody could mend so, that. that to the last. Who's better? This one, I know I shouldn't have did, but I did it because it's the two most watched things on TV, period. And what's better? Who's better? The show Power or Game of Thrones? Now, I will go on the limb and say this. I know everything about Game of Thrones, but I've never watched one episode of Game of Thrones. Like, I go on YouTube and get the backstories or or my brother who really loves that show. Every episode he calls and we talk away. He talks about it to me, trying to convince me to watch it. So I know everything that goes on in Game of Thrones, but I've never watched one episode. But I love power, and I think I love power of a shit you can relate to kind of show. And I'm not saying that I'm a big drug dealer or nothing, but it's like, you know, Growing up where I grew up and I seen the drug dealers, I seen the club owners, I seen the killing, I seen the, the ratchet bitches who own money, I seen the, the niggas who mingle with cops and so on and so forth. Like it, it's one of those things I relate to. So I went with power. Mabaki. 
For me, I initially picked power, but then I took a step back and I was like, yo, power fucking annoying, my nigga. Like, it be hell, it be mad annoying shit that be happening. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's supposed to make that real. It's just, that shit just be, it just be mad annoying shit. Be like, bro, why are you even fucking doing this, my nigga? But <laughs> if you take a step back and you look at like the impact game, yo, Game of Thrones, like, you know, every so often, for, like throughout like the generations, there are shows that like rock a generation. Like The Wire was that. I mean, yeah. like, fucking, like Breaking Bad. Some, some. There's, there's always a show that's like, yo, like this is niggas gonna remember this forever. Right. And me personally, Game of Thrones and Power been out, you know, roughly around the same time. Yeah. And I mean, for me, for me, Game of Thrones clearly 100% takes that. I mean, over anything else that's come out, like like in the past, let's say 10 years. Well, I ain't for me, Game of Thrones. Hey, uh, I mean, what I will go out and say, it's a few shows. Five. Dope as shit, and Sons of Anarchy being one, Breaking Bad being one. You know, I'm not taking nothing away from Game of Thrones. It's just, I just bro, the thorough. I'm gonna tell you the reason I didn't watch Game of Thrones is because when it first came out, I didn't pick up on it. So I was one of those people that was like, I don't want to be the person to jump into like season four and go forward without going back to watch the rest of it. And it's like, yo, that shit, that shit to me, that shit is just like ruthless. Like, if you taking a look at these niggas and the way they, like, handling business, the way they going about doing what it is they doing. Yeah. Like, no, this shit is... It's like, it's like the, the writing is amazing. The plot is well, well put together. You right. know what I'm saying? The way they go about, like, conveying different messages and shit like that. Like, that shit is crazy. Like, like watching Game of Thrones is like reading a good book. Oh, okay. But, I mean, just like I told Eric earlier... I actually started today. I went back to season one and I started watching Game of Thrones. So I got a lot of catching up to do. So, you know, it is what it is. So I'm starting to watch it. It's just as of right now, I pick power because I relate more to it. But Eric, who you got? So my whole life, I've been in love with like crime, TV shows, movies, whether it's New Jack City, N2D. Um, like you said, y'all already brought up Breaking Bad, Sopranos, The Wire. All, those have been my favorite shows. Like, if you look at my top 10, about seven of them are going to be uh, crime-based shows. And I was late to Game of Thrones, too. First time I heard about it was 2012, I think, in Korea. And when you hear people describe it, you're like, man, I'm not watching that shit, right? You might try to watch those motherfucking yeah, dragons yeah, and goblins. Exactly. And it started picking up steam. I started hearing about it. Every now and then I get curious and like I, I envy you right now if you're starting at season one because that jump consumed my life. When I'm telling you I'm up till two, three in the morning, I got to wake up at five just watching episodes because it was that good. That like <laughs> for me, um, it's it's on the level of like I, I think it's a cheat code one because there were already a set of books that's out. You know, yeah. that was already successful and they just made it into a, a, a TV series. But like I said, I see why the, that story was is, is real, well written, well put together, well produced. I mean, like it takes the cake for me. And Yo, one man, thing about man, Power, he said Power was annoying. I like Power. Power is a fire show. Tariq is annoying to me. Tariq Yo, is the a whole actor. I hate every time he's on screen. Uh, he gets on my nerves. Like, yo, power hey, is ever lit. since he got Rain and Kill, like, I just not fucking with him. So, bro, power, power is lit. I'm not taking nothing away from it. I'm just looking at the shit and I'm like, 
it's just be certain characters doing shit. I'm like, yo, why the fuck are you doing this, my nigga? Like, what's wrong with you, my nigga? Why are you doing this? Right. I mean, like, I'm, like that shit just like blow my like sometimes. I'd be like, yo, okay, man, you do what you want to do. I feel like that's the best part of power because it's kind of like you know you've been around street niggas, you seen street shit, you seen the shit that go on. So when certain shit happens. You be like, yo, why you doing this, my nigga? Like, you about to piss me off. And it's like, you put yourself <laughs> in those situations. That's what make it so good. And it's like Eric said, I ain't gonna lie. Every time I see Tyreek, I be like, who finna shoot this nigga in the face? I mean, who finna slap this nigga in the face with a gun? Like, what's up with this nigga? Yeah, like real shit. So, going to the polls, which was crazy. And I made sure for this one particular, there was 800 people who voted. And out of 800 people, it was split 50-50. Oh, dang. Yeah. I was I was even shocked by that one because in the back of my head, I was thinking, well, Game of Thrones is in its last season, and it's only five seasons left since the first one already came on. I thought that Game of Thrones was going to take it by a landslide, realistically. But when I ended the shit and it was like 50-50, I was like, wait a minute, how many people voted? So I had to go look. It was 800 people who voted. And it was 50-50. Well, let me tell you, as somebody that's just starting to watch Game of Thrones, don't fall in love with characters. And what I mean by that is, when I watch Power, (laughs) I know Ghost is not going to die. I just saw Angela get shot in the heart. I know she's not dead. You know, it's predictable. Game of Thrones, I think its biggest selling point is the unpredictability of the show. Fuck me, Okay. You think somebody's a main character, you'll see what happened to them. Well, my thing is though, like, yo, shout out, yo, that nigga, that nigga, fifty is like something else. That nigga's like a very great content creator. You feel what I'm saying? That nigga's a genius. Albums to making movies, making hit shows on television. Shout out that nigga, fifth, yo. Yep. We're gonna have to talk about that one day. Why, why fifth never in the uh, the goat conversation? Bro, 50, 50 Cent is like my biggie. 50 Cent is my, 50 Cent is my Tupac. 50 Cent in my top 10. That's how right, I so, so we, well, we don't save the whole conversation for yeah, another, yeah, another day. But what I will say about 50 is 50 was the end of real music era, in my opinion. But we'll save all that for another episode. All right. You say, say it again? 50 was the end of real music. Like, 50 was, like, one of the last people to do real music before it turned into this Migos and Kodak Black and all this corny shit that we got out now. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Y'all be hating on the new style of music. I'm going to have to be hate, I'll definitely talk about it, for sure. Yeah. But everybody knows this the wrap-up. I always try to give you some words of wisdom. And this week, or phrase, or just something to do, so this week, I'm just going to tell you, pick pick up a book, read a book. Like, you know, today we touched on, you know, some stuff between Mark and But I want you to go to the library and go to the history section and just pick up a book that doesn't say Frederick Douglass, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, because they were so much bigger than those figures. Like, those might have been the biggest figures or, you know, the popular We're so much more than that. And if you just pick up a book and read, you'll see that your heritage and your, you know, your people are way bigger than what you think they are. Because 
you know, like as we all know in school, they only teach you about the popular people. You get what I mean? So to me, it's like go go to the library, pick up a book, go grab a book, a black history book, read it. Shit, send me a message to tell me what book you got. I might go to the library and we can have a fucking read night on Instagram or whatever, FaceTime or whatever the case may be. I don't mind doing that. But for me, it's just pick up a book, go read. Eric, you got something for the folks? Yeah, I actually wrote something down this week, man. So I saw this acronym this week. I wrote it down. I thought it was fly. I wanted to share it with the people. It's, you heard of FEMA before, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and we're not talking about that emergency management. Oh, that's what I thought you were talking about. But it said FEMA. It stands for Finesse, Educate, Motivate, and Achieve. And uh, I kept those words with me all week, and I'm going to try to keep them with me for the rest of my life. But you know, uh, to all the people out there, hey, do your thing and whatever it is you do, you know, and keep winning. That's all I got. Mabaki. Me in particular, I had something interesting happen this week where, I mean, my little sister lives with me. I'm, 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 I'm raising her up, trying to make her a functioning member of society and all that. And then I caught her, what I caught my little sister doing was hating on one of her homegirls. You know what I mean, her homegirl, like, you know what I mean? She cute. She handling her business. And I mean, she getting certain attention. And then I caught her hating. And I had to check her right there and there. You feel what I'm saying? I had to let her know how that was a bad mix. And her doing that will bring that energy back around to her. So, from me to y'all, stop hating, my nigga. Like, just chill, please. Take the time out of your day. Be grateful for what you got. Be grateful for whomever you believe, for what whomever you believe has given you. You feel what I'm saying? And grind and work hard to get the things that you want. You can look at somebody, see what they got. And appreciate it. You feel what I'm saying? Stop hating. That's what I got to say. All right. So, you know, that's the end of the episode. And y'all know at any time, you can hit me up at ASAPBarbie on Instagram or ASAPBarbie at gmail.com for any comments, complaints, if you got any, uh, compliments, if you want to throw a few at us. Uh, if there's any topics that you have, that you want us to talk about, like I always say, I promise you they'll get on the episode. It may not be the next episode, but I promise they will get on. And hey, that's our show for the day, good people. We'll get at you soon.